When God is forgotten, any sin can be justified. You probably know people who try to justify their sin. And friend, you've probably done it yourself. Whenever you do that, it leads to disaster. That's because apart from Christ, there is no peace, no fulfillment, and no hope. That's the plight of anyone who does not trust in Christ. It doesn't have to be that way. This lesson is called Depravity and Desperation. Like a prosecuting attorney, Paul has given us a rather brutal yet honest assessment of fallen, unbelieving humanity. Here in Romans chapter 3, in verses 10 through 12, Paul has described the evil condition of humanity and uh, who we really are. Then in verses 13 through 14, he describes the evil communication of humanity. Well, now, now we're sailing into verses 15 through 18, and he's going to describe the chaos, the evil chaos created by sinful humanity. So Paul is describing here the unbelieving world, who they are, what they say, how they speak, and now what they do. Now, we might not like uh, this uh, prosecuting attorney, but he's inspired. The Apostle Paul is telling us the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Now, uh, when we say that mankind is, is totally depraved, we don't mean that people are unable of, of doing good things. We simply mean that every area of their lives is infected. It's, it's tainted in, in totality. It's tainted with selfishness and, and sin. Now, again, the purpose of this rather honest description of the sinfulness of mankind it isn't just to make us feel bad. It's to reveal the absolute inability of people to save themselves. So Paul is showing us why we need a Savior, why we need a substitute who, who will pay the incredible penalty for our sinfulness. Beloved, there's no way we could ever pay for our mountain of, of sin, who we are, what we say, how we speak, what we think, what we do. Well, now, verses 15 through 18 give us four powerful little phrases that, again, pull off the mask and reveal the human heart for what it is, totally depraved. Now, first, in his inspired description of of the evil chaos human beings create, Paul says, here it is, mankind is callously unconcerned, verse 15. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Was that true? The fact is, we live in a violent world. Wars continually occur throughout uh, the world today. In fact, in the last 100 years, uh, the possibility of being murdered has risen six times over. Human life itself has been devalued by decades of evolutionary teaching. A human being is no more valuable than an animal today. I, I read an article the other day in which a psychologist suggested that human life is actually granted by society. So if someone is suffering from Alzheimer's and uh, doesn't have any friends or family, someone to, to grant that person value, then that person ought to be euthanized or put to death. 
there's no one to grant them value. They no longer have inerrant value from Creator God. You see, in a world that defies and denies the Creator, we're all just a few steps away from not having any inerrant value as a person. That's because you're not a special creation in the image of God. You're you're just another animal taking up oxygen on planet Earth. Well, the Apostle Paul says that the capability of murder actually resides within the human heart. The very first crime recorded in Scripture was Cain murdering his brother Abel. Now, the second description here is that that mankind is not only callously unconcerned for others, but destructively unharmonious. Verse 16 says, In their paths are ruin and misery. The word here for ruin in the Greek language is a rather rare word. It means to grind up. It means uh, to crush. It was used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament back in Leviticus chapter 21 for a fractured foot or a, a broken hand. Paul is saying that, that mankind is destructive. He crushes. He breaks things. He, he breaks his word. He crushes a competitor's reputation. He, he breaks his vows. He destroys relationships. He, he breaks someone's heart. All around the world today, if you listen carefully enough, the sound of breaking lives can be heard, and it's all the result of sin. Paul adds here in verse 16 that uh, misery is also in their paths. People, people might get their own way, but they're going to spread ruin and bring misery upon others who happen to get in their way. Let me tell you, the history of humanity is a highway of ruin and misery and broken lives. So we shouldn't be surprised that immediately following this description is the next verse where Paul says mankind is inevitably unfulfilled. He writes it this way in verse 17, and the way of peace they have not known. Peace on earth is temporary, isn't it? Peace between nations today is a time when everyone stops to reload. Peace between people is just as fragile. And most importantly, there is no peace with God between God and the unbeliever. So Paul will write later on in chapter 5 that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus effectively signed a peace treaty between mankind and God there on the cross. As one gospel song uh, puts it, that peace treaty was written in red, blood red, that is with the sacrifice of his own life. Peace comes when you sign your name to that peace treaty, that is when you personally confess your sin. You trust in Christ alone for salvation. The prophet Isaiah described the Messiah Jesus as the prince of peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. You see, our world doesn't have peace today because they've rejected the Son of God. And you cannot have peace in your heart and your life today until you surrender to the prince of peace. And you give him the throne today in the castle of your heart. Well, according to Paul here, not only is mankind unconcerned and unharmonious and unfulfilled, Paul now describes humanity as unrepentant. He writes that here in verse verse 18. There is no fear of God before their eyes. 
See, they're not about to repent of their defiance. They have no respect, no trust, no loyalty, no awe, no worship of God in their hearts. And let me tell you, unbelievers are afraid of a lot of things, but they don't seem to be afraid of of God. Unbelievers might be afraid of other people, but not of the Lord. They, They might fear the future, but not the giver of an eternal future, an eternal life in heaven. They they might fear death, but not the Lord who conquered death. They might be afraid of being caught in their sin, but they don't give much thought to standing one day before the divine judge, sovereign Lord, the Lord Jesus. Years ago, I read the true story of a well-known Chicago surgeon by the name of Leo Winters. He was awakened by a call from the hospital at one o'clock in the morning. There had been an accident, and a young boy was, was in the hospital. Only Dr. Winters had the particular skill needed to save this boy's life. So he jumped out of bed, he got dressed, and he ran to his car. As he made his way to the hospital, he stopped for a moment at a stop sign, and suddenly a man appeared, opened the door, pulled the doctor from the car, screaming, I've got to have your car, and he sped off leaving the doctor there to search for a phone so he could call a taxi. By the time the taxi dropped him off at the hospital, more than an hour had gone by. He was informed that the boy had died 30 minutes earlier. The nurse told Dr. Winters that the boy's father was over there in the chapel grieving. He didn't understand why the doctor never showed up. Well, Dr. Winters hurried to the chapel and There at the front was the crumpled form of that weeping father, the same man who had pulled him from his car and sped off. He'd been in a hurry to get to the hospital, too, but in his rush he had pushed aside Dr. Winters, the only person who might have been able to save the life of his son. You want a picture of humanity today? There it is rushing after life, racing after satisfaction and fulfillment, hungry for meaningful relationships, uh, lasting uh, commitments, hoping for peace, some, some relief from guilt and sin, and yet at the same time, pushing from their lives the only one capable of saving them. Paul has given us this description of the depravity and desperation of humanity to show these, these readers here, these Roman citizens, and, and you and me, who we really are apart from God, why it's important to receive into our hearts and lives Jesus Christ. We need to crown him our Prince of Peace. Well, until we set sail again, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey, and he called this lesson Depravity and Desperation. This is the Wisdom Journey. Stephen is teaching through the entire Bible in this series. Stephen is the president of Wisdom International, and you can learn more at wisdomonline.org. In addition to equipping you with these daily Bible lessons, we also have a magazine that we publish. Stephen deals with a new topic each month. 
His main goal is to help you better understand what the Bible says and how it applies directly to your life. He deals with issues that are relevant and practical. For example, some of the past topics have included things such as, Is hell real? How the universe came into existence? What Christians should know about Islam? How to forge stronger friendships? How to have a more vibrant prayer life? And more. The magazine also has a daily devotional written by Stephen's son, Seth. That devotional takes you deep into God's Word each day. It's a tool you can use to meditate and allow God's Word to change your life. To receive the next three issues as our gift, give us a call today at 866-48-BIBLE. Call 866-48-BIBLE today. Then join us back here next time to continue the wisdom journey.